because uh, I am only a first year. N- knowing knowing <laughs> you are now working as a nurse in Chesterfield, I'm terrified of now like breaking an arm or something, but being under under the under the power. I'm an, I'm, a, I'm an excellent nurse. Yeah. Uh, my patients love me to bits. I think that's a you problem, Tom. Yeah, no, yeah. it is a me problem. <laughs> yeah. It is a me problem, but that, then again, then again, I said I, I wanted a new job. Yep. Uh, Ash <laughs> ordered all the university professors in the UK <laughs> for me. Yeah, helped yeah. you out. Helped you out. So, <laughs> um, Ash being a nurse, for me... Yeah. Might spell bad news. <laughs> <laughs> I'll fix you up right now. I want good. to get be- better and you get enrolled in a, in a, in a military program. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, you'll end up as Captain America or something. Yeah. Great. <laughs> Super soldier program. Um, um, yeah. yeah, so you can do that. From Francisco Pinto, we've got Disney Pixar's Ikea. Ikea? Oh, okay. Giving it its correct pronunciation. Yeah. Now, I, I, this is this is. I, I, I'm really in the mindset for this because I was in one uh, two days ago. Of course, you mean an IKEA, not a Disney Pixar movie. Uh, correct. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> the, the, the 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 Swedish furniture shop. Uh, yeah. Not not the uh, concept. Yeah. Yeah. Go yeah. ahead. Um. Okay. So here's what I got. Right. Mm. This 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 is what I felt as I was walking around. Yeah. I was, I was with a friend. And I, I posited to her that an IKEA is a a perfect limbo. Like if there's an afterlife, yeah, and I just have to wait around. We've said this before. Yeah, we've been to IKEA, haven't we, Matt? Yeah. yeah. Like I could just pleasantly walk around an IKEA for all of eternity. Yeah. You know, I I've never felt tired in an IKEA. You know, I've never felt like my feet are wearing out. I'm just drifting through all the yeah. lovely little rooms. As soon as I leave the food court, I am in hell. <laughs> Interesting. Yeah. Interesting. Thing is, the the food at IKEA, mm-hmm. people praise it, right? It's all right. It's all right. It's all right. It's it's just fine. Yeah, but yeah. but I'm there for a reason that's relevant to me. Yeah. Uh, whereas I'm walking around IKEA and I'm like, I don't own any of this stuff. Well, not yet. I won't. <laughs> this was the weird vibe for us though, because we were we were there for bed slats and cutlery. Yeah. And by all accounts, those are things you just pick up at the end. Yeah, those aren't exciting. Um, so things. yeah, so we were we were we were go- moving through IKEA, um, knowing full well that we didn't really want to stop and look at any of the rooms. Yeah. And also that we were quite tight on time. You're speed running IKEA. We, we were trying to, but there's this. Yeah, you... like like sirens. I've we tried kept, to do that. Kept before. being drawn into like, oh, look at this kitchen. Yeah. Mm. And then suddenly five minutes have passed, yeah. and I'm like inspecting a drawer. And you think there should be a way to shortcut because it's so meandering. Yeah. And and there is there actually is. there is there's a very clearly signposted one, but you don't see those signposts because no. look, look a lovely wicker basket. They obscure the shortcuts behind mm. shelves. Yeah. Yeah. They put arrows on the on the floor, mm-hmm. which is the longest like, way around the shop. Yeah, and there's like there's like a rotating bookshelf that you have to go through to get yeah, directly exactly. to the end point. It's like a it's like a Scooby Doo mansion. Mm-hmm. Mm. Do you know what we do you know what we did actually? Uh, we bought the slats. Yeah. and the cutlery and then we decided we were hungry and we had to go back in so we'd left the Ikea yeah. we went back in 
we followed the shortcut to get straight to the cafe. Yeah. And then we walked back out the entrance with the slats and we realised we could have just stolen those slats. You could have just taken because the slats. nobody, once we were moving in the wrong direction, yeah. we became invisible yeah. to everybody else in that Ikea. Uh-huh, uh-huh. We were like ghosts. Yeah. <laughs> like, like, as if you were staff. Yeah, yeah, exactly. Well, I think invisible to the staff even because we yeah. didn't look like them and we weren't moving like customers. So yeah. just, there's just you, you broke through the the, the the sort of perimeter of their yeah their we, perception. we existed in the uncanny valley. Aside yeah. from the the canteen, obviously, mm. yeah, and like the checkouts, yeah, yeah. you ever see any staff in IKEA? Yeah, Ra- rarely. Yeah, I sometimes have to I have to ask them about like a bed. Yeah. Yes, that sort of thing. I think, yeah. I think I know the generational trauma I want to explore with this. <laughs> okay. <laughs> All right. It's not, it's not deep trauma, but it's definitely generational, right? Mm. All right. The concept of, as a child, yeah. being taken around, usually a Tesco's, yeah. um, where you just do not want to be there. Yep. You know, your Game Boy's out of batteries. Nothing here is for me. There's nothing yeah. engaging to you and the very concept of where you are. Antique shops. It's just so boring. It and is a limbo. Yeah, you yeah. can't do anything but get in trouble. Mm. Yeah. You know? Because everything you could possibly do gets you in trouble and there's no way out and you're yeah. trapped. Yeah. Mm. Right? Because your parent wants... What, what they want is for you to be inanimate for the next mm-hmm. Uh, mm-hmm. half an hour while they walk around the shops. Yeah. So here's my pitch, right? Because we're gonna we're gonna cure generational trauma, right? Yeah. <laughs> these these are millennial parents. Yeah. Um, and they're not going to IKEA because they want to like redo the living room, and annoyingly they have a child, so the child has to come with them. And shh. <laughs> yeah. No, no, no. They um, they've been quite careful to yeah. fairly neutrally decorate and almost sparsely decorate their child's room. Yeah. Not. Not like that it's unpleasant, it's like a prison cell. Yeah. But they're not like imposing hard aesthetics on their kids. Mm. They want their child to choose their mm-hmm, aesthetic. Mm-hmm. And this is the first time of what will be many times, many mm. enjoyable experiences in the future. They're taking their child to Ikea so the child can pick out not only their bedroom, but possibly like what the house is going to look like. Yeah. You mm. know, like, like we're thinking about redoing the kitchen or the living room or whatever. You tell me, what, what colours do you like? What things do you like? What, what do you find comfort? And the, the kid's, like, actively engaged. The kid's leading them around. Yeah. The I kid's mean, ignoring the, the arrows. And that know. is something that really does um, kick in when you reach adulthood, usually, right? Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Because you become in charge of your own space. If you don't feel in charge of your own space, you don't feel engaged with Ikea. Yeah. So Ikea is boring, unless you're, like, hiding in the furniture. Which is, yeah. But, but that gets you in fun. trouble. That does get you in trouble. A, um, a, a thing you brought out there... Uh, mm. Was in Pixar movies, you've got this automated processes. Yeah, yeah. Quite a lot of the time, there's a lot of there's a lot of admin in Pixar movies. So mm-hmm. you've got Monsters Inc. You've got to check out the doors. Sure, yeah, yeah. In, offices are Pixar's idea of hell. Yeah. yeah. In in Coco, you've got your uh, your passport control yeah, to yeah, get yeah, to yeah. the land of the living again. Uh-huh. Um, in Toy Story, they they do a roll call. Yep, and have like meetings. Yeah, they've got a, like it's like a, uh, a neighborhood watch. Uh, yeah, uh, sort of situation. Mm-hmm. So I'm Homeowners thinking, association. like, the fact that the kid is not going on the, um, on the arrows yeah, yeah. and stuff mm. like that could be like the the parents have been to this IKEA loads and they just and they they just go through limbo. They always yeah. follow, they the follow the track. Yeah. yeah, and I think like as 
It's like when it's like the kids. It's like it's it's not monochrome, yeah. but like the colours are dulled, and then once the kids step off the arrow, yeah, and yeah, du- yeah. duck the wrong way, like you just see this colour blossom out. Well, yes, and, until know. they step off the arrow, it's just blue, yellow, and white. Yep. That's, uh, mm-hmm. yeah, that's it. Yeah, it's like oh yeah, of course. So um, they have uh, we're, we're talking a, a quite a, a quite an oppressive world, yep. right? Where all the little box people go in the little uh, school bus and they all mm. stop and they all come out and they we've got quite a blocky aesthetic. Yeah. Um, except you've got this one kid who's got a kind of wibbly head or something, you know, it's, it's slightly more rounded and um, the uh, the family are a little bit open, more open-minded, mm-hmm. but they're still like, you have to, you can choose anything you want from this shop, yeah. right? They're the only family to do that. They're still asking you to choose between blue, yellow, or, or you know, yeah, like yeah, that yeah. sort of thing, right? Yeah. You're still asking you to choose between two shit options. Yeah. But when the kid steps off the road, this is a movie about being non-binary. Um, yeah. You, when mm-hmm. the kid steps off the road, that's where there's colour, right? Yeah, yeah. yeah. Um, they they see- start finding, like bits of Ikea that aren't on the but it's the also path. a massive advert for Ikea yeah, oh yeah, yeah. Sure. This, is why, this is why it's perfect yeah, it's, yeah. It's, it's very Disney it's Ikea's pivot mm-hmm. to build your own furniture uh-huh. there's mm-hmm. they, they, they go off into the area of the uh, of the Ikea which is just all the all the spare parts yeah, yeah. and yeah. they've got like bolts and they're you know they're quite switched on kids so they're yeah. like building their own seat yeah, and yeah. they bring it up uh, but then of course um, everyone in the Ikea in the, in the blue and uh, blue and yellow part of Ikea is like, <gasps> like someone drops yeah. someone drops one of those massive fancy lampshades because mm-hmm, uh, mm-hmm. everyone's like surprised like <gasps> and then the, uh, you know Mum's like, oh well, maybe we should just go home, and we'll just put, sort of put that in the garage. We don't want anyone to see that one. Yeah. What we have successfully pitched here is uh, <laughs> the Lego Movie. <laughs> yeah. Kind of, yeah, yeah. yeah. <laughs> but for society, you've got yeah. product placement. You're resolving some very mild generational trauma. Yeah. Uh, the, the product line makes itself. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> it's it, Lego. IKEA is just Lego for yeah. for, for, we, for furniture. We are yeah. going to be so rich. Yes, we are. Yeah. How are we going to make them cry? Yeah, yeah that's, a good that's a good point. We're going to circle back to the cry, the climax. Um, let's see. Like they're uh, doing up. I've got an idea. Yeah. It's stupid. <laughs> <laughs> More's the better. Yeah. Okay. Okay. So, um, the opening ten minutes. Yeah. Is um, it's it's both of the kids, um. Who will later be the parents? Yeah. So like childhood, uh, okay. childhood yeah, yeah, friends, yeah, yeah, yeah. you know, got together in adulthood. Yeah. Um, being led around an IKEA yeah. by their respective parents. Yeah. Well, let's call this like a department store because mm-hmm. IKEA is the oh, one yeah, that's yeah, slightly yeah, it's not, magical. It's not, well, it ha- it does need to be. Um, it doesn't need to be an IKEA. Yeah. I don't know that it's a department store because um, we're going to lose one of the parents here. Okay. Right? So what I want to do, what I want to do is, you know, kid gets separated, gets lost. They're yeah. scared. They're between a, a bunch of frozen turkeys or whatever. Yeah. Um, and, you know, they're running around, rushing around, trying to find the parents, aisle by aisle by aisle by yeah. aisle. And then they just find one parent. Oh. It's just the mum or the dad just crying. Oh, and they've had an argument. Well... No, no, no. They haven't had an argument, right? Because we, we, we were going real real capitalist on this and also like a child's understanding of how the world works. Okay. Um, one of them has had to start working. 
at the, at the, <laughs> at the shop. And so, and so when they leave, one parent can't leave with them, and they just look back wistfully <laughs> and see like never comes back. <laughs> dad, dad in like an Argos uniform, just sorrowfully stacking a shelf. Stacking a shelf in Argos, fucking hell. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. So, uh, speaking of successfully lying, Pixar movies. Pixar movies. Well, so yeah, it's just Disney. Disney's. Well, did, we, did I say Pixar's? I think it, I think you said Pixar's. Yeah. I think I just said animated movies, but that's okay. All oh, right. I thought we were doing. I thought we were doing specifically Pixar. I think it was family animations. Or family animations. Yeah, yeah, but the, the, it was a Pixar. It was a Pixar. Um... Were you wanting the little lamp to jump on an eye? Yeah. Well, we can we can we can try and uh, maneuver in that direction. Yeah. You know, we can do. It, we did nothing stopping us. Well, we, we got we got to have. I said animated family movies. Animated family yeah. movies, right? Okay, yeah. but there was an emphasis on Pixar. In yeah, the, the, post, the post. The post was uh, Pixar's Elemental. Yeah, I, I described all the things that Pixar have decided to animate recently, which just appears to be like anthropomorphic something, soul, anthropomorphic <laughs> toys, anthropomorphic other stuff. Yeah, um, and then emotions. No, that's yeah. DreamWorks. No. Wait. No, that's that's Pixar. That Pixar. That's as well? Inside yeah. Out. Yeah, yeah. Um, yeah. Uh, and, because and that... Inside Out makes you feel something. Yeah, that's if, true. If yeah. DreamWorks did it, it, it would, would be just soulless. Fart gags be all the way down. Yeah. Yeah. Just, no. just absolute rubbish. And now it's about anthropomorphic elements, which I think is their weakest yet. Yeah. If I'm honest, I think I think you look at that, and you look at them getting off that weird boat subway, <laughs> and um, it's like. Everyone's a cloud, apart from three tree guys, and then there's just like one one fire woman, and one water guy, yeah. and and they got an avatar thing going on. Like there's some really populous that have taken over the world, and then uh, and then some... everyone's turned into the elements that they could channel. Yeah, mm, yeah. Okay. I just it's it, it's a world in which the air nation aggressively invaded the fire nation. Right, got it, got it, got it. I... I just, yeah, it's just not as evocative as I think. And I had the same, to be honest, I had the same problem with Soul. Yeah, it's not quite as evocative of something as something like Toy Story, mm. or as something like uh, even Emotions. Right? I think I think anthropomorphized Emotions is pretty good. Yeah, yeah. Um, but no, like we don't. I guess. I guess the, the the thing is, what you do when you make something animated in that abstract way is that you um, you take something that people are familiar with and you uh, turn it in. You you combine it in ways that um, makes you uh, look at those things in a different way, right? So uh, Zootopia. Zootropolis, uh, mm. uh, whatever mm. you want. You know, those are animals. Um, you know, uh, Toy Story toys. We're familiar with those things. Uh, then you you look at. Um, I mentioned it a second ago. What was it? Uh, so, like, yeah, like yeah. the idea of life after death and all that sort of thing. Yeah. And what happens before we die? I, I, before we I think you have to have the the thing you've anthropomorphized or like put a different perspective on, but also the moral of the story that you're trying to push. Yeah. Um, I think Zootopia late. lacked one. I kind of liked the the the, um, the sort of how uh, the, the 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 elite of a populace can turn turn a populace against itself. 
Um, I know that wasn't it, yeah. it wasn't it wasn't super uh, it wasn't super like um, I think it might have been badly timed I think if it had been a year earlier or five years later it would have been a very different movie mm. yeah. well they're making um, another one aren't they are they Zootropolis 2 yeah I hope it's a scathing commentary on yeah. the previous Zootopia yeah so <laughs> well, uh, well, Disney uh, Bob Iger is back Oh, like, right. Because, like, the last few years, Disney's been run by this other guy. Iger's back. Yeah. and uh, He and, just likes TV. Yeah, this guy's just been pushing TV shows, which is why we've had five Marvel TV shows in the last two years. Yeah. And now Bob Iger's back. He's like, no, no, no hang on. We like movies <laughs> we're here. Gonna, we're going to make more movies and take our time with them. Yeah, mm. yeah. Because I, I guess... I don't want to get into a Disney, Disney, yeah, like yeah. A, a Disney business conversation, but, like... Um, what I'm saying is that Elemental feels to me like I don't have a strong association with elements. I've never seen an element, mm-hmm. right? I've seen a cloud. Yeah, yeah. And I've seen... You've seen a water. A water. I've seen a fire. I've seen a fire. Yeah. Mm-hmm. But it's like... You've seen a hydrogen. That doesn't... We don't see the world. We, we are post a world where we see things in terms of elements, right? You, you um, are... I'm not. No, I'm very I much down so. for elemental. <laughs> no, I think I think I think elements are um, an absolute staple of the way children are shown the world in fantasy TV. Yeah, like they've been there forever. Naruto, Avatar, yeah, other things. I think I think Avatar: The Last Airbender like is one thing, and there's another think... Avatar season coming out. Uh, fine, great. Yeah. But the point for me is that, like, that is a we Jackie can see Chan adventures in in Avatar: <laughs> the, the Last Airbender. We can see humans' association with the elements. Sure. And so we see how their society is built around the way that elements and spirits and things work in that world. Yeah. Whereas, like, what am I supposed to imagine? Like, is happening with the water. People is are there, there real people be, in there, the world? There could also? be a climate change message in there. I hope so. You know, <laughs> I, I hope there's a climate. Someone's yeah. got to say it. <laughs> no one's saying it. Well, you get cancelled for for saying climate change is real. Yeah, so true. that's the problem. Do you? Yeah. Yeah, Tom, yeah. you've been getting cancelled for so long. Oh no! Sorry, yeah, there's a whole so whole website times. about it. Yeah, I've been cancelled so much for saying climate change is real. Yeah. yeah. Uh, none of this has been funny bits. <laughs> it's just been... I'm just angry about Elemental. I just think it's, I don't think it's a good idea. Just yeah. like you know, um, I think Matt, the problem is you're coming at this like fire, right? And you need. I've been told that I am a fire, a firebrand. You need to take more of a sort of watery approach, right? Understood. You know, allow yourself to take the shape of the bowl that is that movie. That is elemental. Yeah, I see. Um, yeah. Do, yeah, see, see, be where it wants me to be. Yeah, follow the tide of the story it feeds you. Right. Um, yeah, yeah. That's that's what that's what I'm saying. Okay, got it. Understood. You know, Pixar movies aren't always that, though. Got no, Turning Red was great. Oh yeah, Turning Red was Pixar. Turning Red was absolutely ball. It was. It was really that. good. It's that. the best thing that Pixar have done in many years. Yeah. Um, yeah. It, right. Yeah. I quite liked Soul. Didn't do it for me, Soul. Yeah. Um, it was fine. There were some 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 good emotional moments. I liked the main character. Uh, it aim places. 
I only really go out for these movies if people like come and rave about them to me like Toy Story 3 I had no intention of going to see Toy Story 3 yeah no and then somebody told me they cried big and I was like alright yeah I saw Toy Story 3 a long time after it came out because someone had a uh, a bootleg copy and I saw like <laughs> and I saw Sorry. like five minutes of it and I was like I'm not watching any more of this but I've sort of had five minutes of it ruined for me so I'll never watch it now <laughs> right hang on sorry is my perception of time off or is this bootlegger really out of sync because in my head Toy Story <laughs> 3 came out at the very least in the tens 20, like I think it was 2010 tw- was it that yeah, early? Yeah, it was 2010. Okay, because... Well, I was at university. I was in the first year of university. Oh, yeah. shit, I'm so old. It might have people stopped bootlegging stuff when I was, like, 17, <laughs> and I'm now 32. So the, <laughs> idea that, the idea that somebody bootlegged Toy Story 3 is inconceivable to me, because it yeah, came it out, like, a, three years ago. It was a DVD. It came out when I was in uni, so yeah. it must have been either now or pretty recently. It was a DVD... It was or a in disc, It was a disc burnt... Um, that someone put into their laptop mm-hmm. um, of a person who'd filmed it in the cinema. Yeah. You know, I've got... Right. you just... Sorry. You've resurrected a bad memory for me. <laughs> okay. This is... Right. This is the section where we trigger Ash. Yeah. So, like, I used to have, as everyone did of the time, you know, around 2003, 2004... Yeah, yeah. Um, a dodgy uncle who burnt DVDs and CDs and stuff, okay. right? Yeah, yeah. Um, fine, no problem. And so he, g- he gave me a bunch of copies of CDs mm. and he said, it's not free. And I was like, what do you want from me? doesn't get menacing, don't worry. He just, <laughs> okay. What he wanted was to borrow my CD collection so that he could burn copies oh, of Oh, yeah. so he was, commu- he was being a communist. Yeah, exactly. Um, <laughs> a communist? Yeah, yeah, yeah. So that, and, and that's fine. That was yeah. a good system, yeah. right? He'd share the mu- music, he'd take your music, he'd copy my Bat Out of Hell album. Yeah, yeah, back, yeah, maybe yeah. Everyone else gets a Bat Out of Hell album. Great stuff. <laughs> yeah. But then... He copied right, that floppy. Well, he copied that floppy. Yeah. And this is, this is it's really fucked me off, right? This is the shadiest man in existence. <laughs> and... For any of you who, who, you know, were like me, teenagers at the time, you mm. might remember the Xbox 360 did not accept Xbox games. You, oh, yeah. If you yeah, put an Xbox yeah. game in an Xbox 360, it wouldn't play. There was a few it did play. There's a few, but not many. Yeah, and then like Halo 2 and nothing else. Yeah. yeah. And then X, the Microsoft released a patch. Yeah. Um, and the only way you could get that patch onto your Xbox is to burn it onto a disc on your computer mm. and then put that disc in the Xbox. That's explicitly what the instructions say to do. Download this file, yeah. burn it onto a disc, mm-hmm. put that disc in your Xbox, yep. it'll fire up the installer, install the patch, then you can play all your Xbox games. Xbox 360 was insane. It really was. <laughs> it really um, was a bad piece of equipment. Yeah. Yeah. Um, so I did it, right? And I was I was gassed because I could play Fable again because my brother's old Xbox had broken. Yeah. And yeah. We weren't going to go and buy a fucking Xbox. We had an Xbox 360. Anyway, dodgy uncle disc burner comes round, <laughs> right? Yeah. And I mentioned this thing to him, and he's pretty excited about it, <laughs> as you'd I, expect. I, I hope this is going where I think it's going. I doubt it I, is. I really want this dodgy <laughs> uncle disc burner to go, ooh, a burnt disc, and then put it, put it in his CD player, and it breaks the CD player. <laughs> the CD player gets a red ring of death. Yeah, it, yeah. No, it did not do that. It was, it, it, to me, worse, right? Mm. But not actually worse. He um, threw it on the fire. No, he took the disc off me, right? Took it home so that he could 
uh, Patch's Xbox. Yeah. And I was like, oh, cool. I've, you know, I've done something for him after yeah. he did me all their musics. Yeah. And he came back and he brought me the disc back. And he's like, I'm not putting that in my Xbox. I was like, what? He went, I don't trust it. <laughs> and like, <laughs> I was like, what do you mean? I got it from the Microsoft website. It works. And like, he basically made it sound like I was like the dodgy bloke who chips your PlayStation. <laughs> and that like, he was suspicious of me. Yeah. And that, that my motives were unjust and that he was too good, <laughs> too good for my burnt disc that I'd written Xbox 360 patch on and told my mum that he thought I was like getting into dodgy stuff. Oh my God. And it's just, I will accept no judgment from that man. Yep. None. He was a literal pirate. <laughs> <laughs> and he shamed me for downloading a completely legal patch <laughs> from the Microsoft website and installing it on my Xbox. And mum thought I'd like, I'd broken my Xbox. And she came on a big talk with me like, well, have you been putting dodgy stuff on that Xbox and it breaks and no more Xbox? <laughs> All right. <laughs> it's just like... I just That's felt fine. so aggrieved by the whole process. Yeah, and, and the fact that the Xbox 360 had um, a 90% chance every time you turned it on of exploding. Yeah, exactly. Meant that, like, <laughs> mum's not going to buy me a new... Yeah, exactly. Mum's not going to buy me a new fucking Xbox. Yeah. Breaks of its own accord. Yeah, because it's going to be my fault for yeah. putting a patch on yeah. it. Of course, it didn't break. Lasted a very long time. And the real prank is on the, a burglar who stole that Xbox from my house. <laughs> So in, he's got a patch deck. Yeah, in Sheffield, that 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 thing was stolen uh, in a in a break in uh, in like 2012, 2013. That was an old Xbox 360 at the so time. So if you're listening to this, and you stole my Xbox 360, <laughs> you got a bloody patched one. Yeah, you, you got a dodgy patch on it from Microsoft.com. If it melts your TV, you bugger. So um, Pixar movies. Mm-hmm. Uh, <laughs> to go back, yeah. not Pixar movies, family animated. Oh, yeah. Yeah. Movies, Fam- yeah. Well, that, that's Fam-imation. how I feel like Disney is going recently, right? Is that like family is a huge core, has always been a core of Disney movies, but like more so recently. Isn't Disney just sort of consuming every single media outlet to the point where like everything is Disney? Like- yeah, but like the Disney animated. Like side of things, sure. Right, sure, so like sure. Encanto and Moana and mm-hmm, and mm-hmm. all that sort of stuff. Yeah, um, that always it always has this like uh, tinge of generational trauma to it, um, and and so did um, Turning Red. Like it's always about like these. Oh my my parent doesn't want me to do the thing. Mm. Something about that disagreement is causing strife. The young generation wants to do something yeah. about it. The parental figure doesn't want them to do anything about it because they've had trauma in their past I've, and I've, the child solves the problem. I've got a theory about this, right? Yeah. I, it's not a deep theory. Um, I think that when children's animated TV and movies were being made in, you know, the mid to late 1900s, yeah, it was... Um, th- there were phases. There was first, it was an adult's idea of what they thought kids wanted to be, which started out with uh, fairy tales. Yeah. Right? Mm. And sort of grew from there. Yep. It was, we're making a thing of a fairy tale, and then it grew out of that. And so they were very, very detached from reality. Yeah. Really separated, really uncanny valley. Like, this really doesn't line up with reality at all, because it's Mm. so loose. And then there was this weird bit where it was still that, 
but people were inadvertently putting their fetishes in children's TV. Okay. And you end up with a demon headmaster and stuff like that. Yeah. Oh, I thought you were going to talk about Robin Hood. Robin Hood, <laughs> yes. Disney. A lot of furry <laughs> stuff. <laughs> yeah. uh, like, I'm sure totally unintentional, but yeah. there's a lot of children. Ch- ch- uh, totally spies. Yeah. Every episode is a different, like... Yeah. It, different like, ship. Yeah, it's like, oh, here's the air inflation episode and stuff. Yeah. <laughs> right. What? There's there's a there's video essays online that cover this better than I can. Every episode of Totally Spies has a different, really specific niche fetish in it. It's really weird. It's kind of weird, yeah. Yeah. Um, then we've hit this point where, like, now these shows are being made both for the parents and for the kids. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And, like, millennials as parents, mm. and to a slightly lesser extent, I think Gen Z, uh, Gen X as parents, are generations that are sort of tackling generational trauma yeah. and things like that and so they've been to th- the rises have been to therapy yeah 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 um and so and so now the movies have been to therapy yeah or our therapy and yeah and I, and that's kind of part of it is that like not only is the generate the generations uh, going to therapy and tackling tackling generational trauma but um i think a big part of it is that like uh, they are moving away from villains mm-hmm uh, trying to increase empathy in the way that they're like teaching children and that sort of thing. Mm. So like, yeah. instead of the, this person is the bad guy, you know, Jafar is unabashedly evil. It's like here's a situation, here's a problem, here's yeah. an anxiety. Here's exactly. A, yeah. You think about the, the story of Moana, and it is you know um, this this like someone. What about the big dancing crab? That's a villain, but it's a side villain, and he's yeah. got his own little motivation. Yeah, it's just avarice. That's it. Yeah, I just want to be. It's just vanity and avarice. Yeah, is 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 what Jermaine Clement does in that movie, um, and he's just there on the side, right? Yeah, yeah, yeah. He's not. He's he's not the architect of the <laughs> yeah. the heart of uh, what's the what's it called? The heart of the ocean or whatever yeah, it is. Yeah, yeah. No, that's the, uh, hang on. No, that's the, that's Titanic. The the, cra- the crab can't go forwards in the plot. Can only go sideways. <laughs> um, so yeah, like they're not tackling that. It's like at some point in the past, this thing was. Taken um, from uh, from the big Gaia-esque um, uh, goddess, yeah. and now it's a big angry, and it's because of uh, uh, Maui's like uh, own like insecurity that he's still that, that, that he took it, and now he's got mm. to put it back. Mm. And it's like, oh right, it's generational trauma again. Yeah. More so, even in, in that is. Um, uh, turning red, which is just literally ger- generational trauma, right? Like, yeah, yeah. Um, the the mother in, in in turning red is hard on the kid because her mother was hard on her, and it's just like there's mm. this big catharsis uh, of like uh, of teenage angst given uh, kind of given form, um, and uh, like it's super super. It's kind of on the nose, but not in a way that a child would, I think, uh, intuit. Um, yeah. But it's easy to see if you're looking at it. Do you think? Do you think Legend of Korra? Like, I don't, I don't massively care for the writing of Legend of Korra. Mm. I think it was like all... I, I hate love triangles, so I stopped watching it in the first season. Yeah, like it, it, it lent on a lot of stuff that the show was too good to be leaning on. Yeah, yeah. Um, but like, I wonder if maybe they just accidentally stumbled into it with the whole like losing your connection to your past lives thing. Yeah. Because Aang had the, the weight of a billion avatars yeah. that came before, literally looking at him with glowing eyes uh-huh, and expectation. Uh-huh. Yeah. And then Korra, like, 
gets some trauma and then deletes like lets go of all of that weight and all that expectation and past yeah and like it's a good point. It's a, but I don't it's think a move it's away from traditionalism. Like I think maybe mm. one of the problems in the philosophy of Led- uh, of um, Avatar: Last Airbender was that it was a heavily traditionalist yeah, yeah, uh, outlook, um, and it's not so much that family is important in that in in that show, but tradition is. Yeah, um, you know the tradition of water bending, air bending, all that sort of thing. Mm-hmm, you mm-hmm. learn it and you do it, and you. Uh, it's not about drawing. Uh, it's not about invention. It's about drawing from the past yeah um whereas legend of Korra is very much about invention everything they do is a new way of doing things yeah um, we're looking at this in a new way we've literally built a new thing we're, it's yeah. industrial revolution it's, it's yeah um so yeah for sure there's, there's 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 probably a bit of that there where it's just like tackling that sort of um uh that hard line that hard edge between like traditional fantasy mm-hmm. well, the fantasy where tradition is a, is a big heart of things right old swords in fantasy mm. represent the past yeah. and the power that comes from it a more powerful past a better past something we're nostalgic for and new guns and new guns are, 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 are very different right new guns yeah. are, are what sci-fi is about yeah um, it, it's a very Laser grounded invention based stuff right yeah. um, the it's the difference between a traditional fantasy movie and, let's say, um, Star Wars. Yeah. yeah. Whereas, because the Death Star is new. Yeah. It can't exist without... Um, invention. Invention. Mm. Uh, and then it's like the tradition foils it. Yeah, um, yeah, yeah. The nostalgia for the past, um, kind of uh, the magic of the past foils the, the invention of the future. The machine is, is foiled by the human. Mm. Yeah. And the spiritual... I don't want to overly credit Star Wars with, like, thinking about this. If if generational trauma has anything to do with Star Wars, I don't want to be a part of it. No, it it doesn't. Like, Star Wars is like a finger painting, right? It's like, yeah, it's yeah. like uh, you can tell a lot about what a child, um, how a child sees their family by how they paint them. Mm-hmm. Same thing about, like, you can sell, you can see the blueprint of, 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 of stuff. Uh, of, of story stuff. It's in... a finger painting made by George Lucas. Exactly, in, in George Lucas's finger painting. Yeah, yeah. yeah. that's what he does now. <laughs> he does just finger paintings, just, like just like Bush. Paints. He does finger paintings of veterans. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> and sneaks up on David Lynch to give him a headache. <laughs> <laughs> It's my favorite. There are a lot of really good George Lucas stories. Yeah. That one is my favorite. My where he uh, gives David Lynch a headache. My David Lynch, uh, David Lynch one's a pretty good one. My f- probably my favorite one is Seth Rogen uh, talking about meeting Spielberg and George Lucas and Spielberg like for, for dinner. Spielberg leaves and then George Lucas just goes up to him and goes, "You know, 2012, that's real." <laughs> like, <laughs> like, like he didn't want to say it in front of, in yeah. Front of Spielberg. <laughs> yeah, and like he was terrified that the world was going to end in 2012. Apparently, but like, Seth Rogen couldn't tell if it was a joke <laughs> or if it was like him like, being serious. That's the perfect way to be. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> Like what the fuck? Is that George Lucas's humor? Like where you sneak yeah. up to someone as soon as Dad leaves and go, you know, twenty twelve. That's real. Yeah. <laughs> like part of me is just like watching him in interviews and stuff like that. I'm just yeah. like that. 
that is probably his humour where only he gets it. Yeah. yeah. Um, I mean, he, he the man for fun, he, the man owns a ranch and a billion dollars. Yeah. And he, yeah, he goes out to mall, mall food, food courts to eat. Yeah. yeah. Like, this is a man who's not many people are going to get his humour. Yeah. <laughs> and just him appearing in the background of that one documentary. <laughs> yeah, it's so weird. <laughs> just wandering around. Where he looks in the camera. And just the look of, I hate this, I wish I was invisible, is apparent on this man's face. Oh, dear. Do love a good George Lucas anecdote. Yeah. Like... I think because he is one of the most, like... The the highest difference between the accolades his movies get to um, his literal person. Yeah, yeah. Well, this is the thing, right? He's only made, what... He's only directed six movies. Mm-hmm. Like, three of them are good. Yeah. <laughs> and three of them are considered pretty bad. Yeah. Um, but, well, I would even push, like, two of them are good. Because no one's, no one's really watching THX 1138, like, ever. Yeah, but it's considered to be good. Yeah, it's considered to be good. But, like, again... It's good for, not for the reasons like regular movies are good. No, it's not entertaining. Sure. No. Yeah. Um, whereas American Graffiti and the Star Wars mm. are very entertaining movies. And, and yeah, the fact that he's more... he Like, George Lucas is definitely more uh, like involved in the technology used to make those movies. Mm. Yeah. Says a lot about... Like how he works as like an ideas guy yeah. rather than an actual filmmaker. He's a technician that someone gave too much money. Yeah. Um, yeah. Yeah. Speaking of machines, speaking of uh, um, uh, like technology, uh, family to push the family angle of the animation stuff. Yeah. Mitchell's versus the machines. Yeah. That was a good. That was a good movie. Yeah. Um, in which like the generational gap between. Uh, technology, understanding of technology, parents' understanding of te- technology and how it like separates them from their children mm. versus children's understanding of technology, which is how it bonds them to their peers, mm. is addressed really nicely without that sort of oh you kids are always on your phones and that's all that's definitely a bad thing mm. sort of way. Like the machines mm. uprise in that movie, and yet it's. It's still a movie that's got a lot of empathy for both parents and children uh, in that intergenerational gap, I guess. So are we leaning into the... Uh, with this week's episode, are we leaning into the family trauma? Generational oh, yeah, trauma? absolutely. I want would, I to would fix every bit of trauma we can think of. I, I think we should also start with a scene <laughs> yeah. or a montage mm-hmm. that is designed to make people cry. Yes, yeah. of course. I want to yeah. I want to up every one of these movies. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah. We've got to have the up scene right up, yeah. in every in every film we pitch. <laughs> yeah. What's making them cry in the first 10 minutes? If yeah. we've not if we've not squeezed a tear out of everyone in the audience in the first movie time we failed, yeah. I say we pitch the movie and then decide what we what what makes people cry. <laughs> <laughs> we pitch the movie and at the end of the pitch yeah. we decide what the, the cri- five minute the, crime yeah, is yeah we, we, we work out the crimax yeah. <laughs> the crimax <laughs> cinema uh, we, we, yeah because we, I, it does feel like Pixar do that right mm. it feels yeah, like they yeah. finish the movie and then yeah. they go kind of hands behind their head like how do we make them cry right, how do we fuck them up in the start 
how do we make them? Uh, how do we? How do we drown people in their own tears? <laughs> Memento filmmaking. Yeah, yeah. Because yeah. I do feel like they get like um, it's like they they start the the storyboarding. They start mm. the sort of like broad beats of the script, and it's like so we've got person. And then brackets motivation happens, yeah. and then they and then they go from there, and they're like, okay, here's all the animation stuff we want to do, here's all the conceptual mm. stuff we want to do, and then they, later on they figure out what the motivation happens is. Yeah, yeah. Uh, <laughs> the crying game. <laughs> the crying game. Yeah, so to speak. At least that's what would happen because sometimes Pixar do it right. Yeah, yeah. but sometimes they, uh, but but other other people who tried this effect often don't really like you're like okay there's a sad bit so you've just fridged some people so that we feel sad for the for, because you're aping that pixar model yeah yeah you know I, I wouldn't get really um really high concept with the like i, I want to pick a conventional trauma and then find <laughs> the most left of field way of like representing it yeah you know i, I want people to feel like oh the ant <laughs> the abusive father, like really. <laughs> oh, so we're gonna have a lot, a lot of double casting in this one. Yes, yep. like in Jumanji. Yep. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> but it's animated, isn't it? Yeah. So, so yeah. who knows? Double casting, but it's just the same animation, but hat on. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> same voice actor. And yeah. No one will know. No one will notice. Yeah. Yeah. All right. Well, I think we should pitch some movies. We should pitch yeah. some movies. Hello, just want to say thank you for listening to the Lives of Pitch deleted scenes. We hope you've enjoyed it. If you have, maybe consider sharing it with your friends on social media, by word of mouth, anywhere really. Maybe put it onto a, a thumb drive and just throw it at someone. And maybe even reviewing it on wherever you got it. If you find it somewhere on iTunes or Acast or wherever, maybe review it there. Five stars, thumbs up, give everyone the heads up. Like I said before, thank you. Cheers. Bye. Bye. Bye.